0: Welcome back to another episode of the resellers mindset podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used book guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly zoom call and private discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash use book guy to join the channel and gain access to the full length podcast, zoom call and private discord today. Let's get into this week's episode what is up everyone welcome to episode two of the resellers mindset podcast mike here with johnny b as always today's topic was his choice we rolled with when to grow versus when to maintain in your reselling business i think it's an important topic because a lot of resellers they don't think about this they kind of just you know just you just keep going and things just keep happening there's no kind of rhyme or reason to it and uh, that's going to be the topic. So we're going to hop right into it here. You know, we're both eBay and Amazon sellers, so you kind of get a perspective from both sides, and we'll we'll, we'll touch on both sides of it and uh, see what we can get ourselves into. So I will let Johnny B kind of kick it off and get us into this topic here today.
1: Well, if you're brand new, you're just in grow mode apparently. And So um, I guess we'll we'll angle it from that side of things so if you're new you're, you're just buying you're getting the hang of things but there comes a point i promise you there will become a point where you've bought too much and it's like well do i continue to buy more or do i stop and get rid of what i have yes you stop and get rid of what you have um you may be jonesing to go sourcing but it's just like gambling man it you, you can't feed that beast and i've seen people get in trouble where they just continue to buy and not sell and they just are in a pile of well their own mess so everybody wants to get to the finish line as fast as possible we all do it's natural but i i think if you're new if you have more than a week's worth of things you can get out the door you need to stop and get rid of that week's worth of supply out the door before you continue to buy more That's from a new person's perspective. What do you think on Mike?
0: I I agree. I I mean, everybody likes kind of sourcing, right? Everybody likes finding the stuff and buying the stuff. But you know, like you said, at some point you have too much of this the the crap laying around. I mean, I ran into it when I first started on eBay. you know, you buy something and it seems like a good buy when you're sitting in the store, but you get home and do, you know, really feel like listing that thing you, you know, never heard of. All you did was type in the, the brand or, you know, and and you got comps on it and you seen you're going to make money on it, but you don't know anything about it. So it kind of just sits in a pile. But I mean, it's one of those things, right? Growing versus when to maintain personally for me, like until you brought it up as a topic, like I never even thought about it, honestly. Um, I always just thought, you know, hey, if you can find something and you can sell it for profit, you know, you get to a point where, you know, why would you kind of take a step back and look at maintaining where you're at? But that's different, right? Because, you know, it's accountability at the end of the day, right? I know if I buy something, it's going to get listed. It's going to get sold. So it's one of those things where you can grow and grow and grow as long as you, you can get the work done. I think that's the big thing, right? You may you maintain when you get to a point where you're capped out with work, you can't fit anything else in. But like you said, in the beginning, a lot of people kind of just, you know, the thrill of the hunt, I can easily see like you almost got to pump the brakes a little bit and make sure, you know, you're, you're maintaining where you're at. It's not like maintaining like maximum it's maintaining, like you start out. So, Hey, you're maintaining one list in a day. Then you want to maintain two listens a day, kind of like that. It's not you're maxed out completely maintaining. It's maintaining what you're doing right now and then adding more to it. Don't just jump in like a crazy person and buy all this stuff when you don't even know what you're capable of doing on these platforms when it comes to listing and selling, or if it's even really profitable items, right? So I think starting out, it's, it's different than definitely kind of having a huge business, but I think it's more important when you start out to kind of understand your limitations with inventory and your sell-through rates and things like that. Sure, you know, you go out, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, if you go out and you find all these profitable items, right, if I go in a thrift store and I scan 50 or I get 50 profitable books, um, but I know I can only list 30 this week. You know, it's hard to say, leave those 20 books behind. You know, you got to figure out a way to to make it work because you're going to, you know, if you want to grow this, then you got to take the profitable items because, you, you know, there's no guarantee every time you go out, you're going to find them. But, you know, it's a double edged sword, right? If you can only list 30 and there's no no other way you can list more than 30 in a week and there's 60 items. Is it smart to do? I would say no, because then you have 30 items that you can't list that week. And that's basically already your next week's quota. So that's putting you behind two weeks, basically, on sourcing. So people kind of, you know, you just you just think it's just going to magically do itself. But if you know that's what you're capable of, then you ha- basically have to stay within those limits because that's all you're capable of. And that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing this part time and just making extra money on the side. Just be smart about it. Understand what you what what you can get done within a week because times, you know, your most valuable thing. And when you're doing a part time, you don't have a lot of time. So be smart about it when it comes to inventory and just, you know, whatever you're capable of is perfectly fine. I mean, if I had, you know, 20 boxes of books to send out this week, I'm screwed. There's no way I'm getting through 20 boxes this week. So then you got to start planning ahead for next week, right? Am I going to go out and source on Monday? No, because I already have inventory, so I need to work on getting that out, right? Because people will just be like, I'll get to it at the end of the week, and uh, you know it, it can sit there. No, if it sits there, then it's never going to get done. We all know how that works. That just leads us right into the death pile conversation, and that's, that's not what you want.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. So let's bump it up a notch here. So we're going from new guy to, let's say, he's been doing it three or four or five, maybe six months. There's a difference. Like you mentioned between a death pile and a queue line there there's a very fine line and it could very easily become a death pile you, you can source more you can get out of that week at a time threshold once you're once you got the lay of the land you got a process down you got you got your sources that are repeatable so you're keeping that supply chain going. but eventually if your output is not as if you you're bringing in more than your output and it's continuing that way well a couple of things need to change at that point either you need to you either need to do more yourself or you need to get help to help you get through that queue line cuz you built your business to a point where the supply is there it's good stuff you you know what you're buying it's steady it's flowing but you got the kink or log jam or cogwheel malfunctioning on the output getting it out the door it's a, again kind of like the new guy just overbuy but it, it, you want to keep your business flowing where it comes in and it goes out so i would say for a mid-sized guy who had, still has space and i'll get to the space point in a minute um uh, probably for our third point here but anyway um you want to get to the point where maybe no more than a month's worth at a time at that point
0: i was going to say so if you had to put a a, a time frame so how long does an item have to sit in your house or wherever your storage unit wherever before you list it before it to fall into the death pile category? Like how long does something have to sit until it's basically you know declared as death pile stuff, right? I would say I you know would know, say about a month I, I that's what I was gonna say a month, right? So um, if you have things queued up here, You know, a month is fine, you know, whether you're, however many listings you're doing a day, you know, you do a lot more listings than me on eBay. And that's kind of where the death pile hits hardest compared to Amazon. Um, and you know, you have thousands and thousands of books basically waiting in queue, but they're in queue. It's a big difference than a death pile. Um, but for the average person, right. If you go buy something and you know, you don't have stuff to list and that's just sitting there in a, in a tote or in a bin, like, you know, most people do starting out, um, you know, that that's a death pile basically immediately. Right. I would say within a week, if you have nothing to list and you go out and buy stuff and it sits in a bin for a week and you don't feel like listening it, then that's a death pile. (laughs) Like if if you're not, if you don't have the motivation one day out of the week to just get that stuff listed, then it's a death pile right away. So I guess it really depends on the situation, but yeah, I, I think over a month or if you just have nothing to list, and you go buy stuff within the week and you don't have it listed within the week, then you know it's probably never going to get listed. It's going to wind up getting redonated or yard sale somewhere along the way.
1: So just rough numbers here. So if you're doing if you're the 20 a day guy listing this is eBay, if you're the 20 a day guy, which is 600 pieces a month. So two library sales essentially. You bring home 1,200 pieces. Well, you're good. Stop buying until you've listed at least 600 of those 1200 if you're listing more than that obviously you can have more numerically so just expand out what you're capable of you're doing 30 obviously your numbers are going to go up you're doing 50 your numbers can go up amazon's a whole different thing it can all go out on the same day or at least a good chunk of it it can go out every every single day but ebay is a little different as it's a little bit more time well a lot more time intensive so only so much can go out on any single day so know which know how much you're buying you don't have to have an exact count but whatever you're using to haul stuff back and forth with so let's say it's a tub that well 50 books are in the tub on average so don't buy more than whatever you can maintain at least on the ebay front amazon front as long as you're sending out a box a day or more you're good (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, see, see, here's the thing with that, right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up some people's spaces out there that are probably listening to this. I 100% believe that there's a lot of Amazon death piles out there that just, you know, it's not talked about because, you know, eBay is kind of the platform where death pile kind of originated and rolled from. But I guarantee it, there's people out there that have books they sourced a month plus ago that are still sitting there, not shipped out. That um,
1: just doesn't make any sense to why, Mike? Tell me why.
0: Well, it's the same for anything, right? You just don't feel like doing it. You're not motivated to you're not motivated to do the work on the back end, right? Sourcing's fun. It's like a treasure hunt. You're out yeah. there looking for stuff. That's the fun part of it. But you know, like you said, why? Because Amazon's, you know, especially FBA, it's so much easier. Even merchant fulfilled, you don't even got to take pictures. There is no excuse to have things sitting for, you know, that long for Amazon because all you got to do is. Scan it in, slap a label on it, throw it in a box, and it's out the door, right? your hands-free. But I guarantee you they're out there. I guarantee there's probably a lot. No, I believe
1: there. you. I'm just trying to figure out why because it's so easy to get them out the door. You can get out what takes me a week to list on Amazon in a day, honestly.
0: I think it's the mindset of being eBay sellers that we are, that we understand how hard it actually is to list things, right? So maybe, we, maybe they're not doing eBay. Maybe they don't know. Exactly. They don't know. <laughs> it, th- and that's, and you know, that's probably honestly the case with a lot of people because now more than ever, a lot of people jump right into Amazon, right? Amazon's a flashy thing to do right from the beginning. eBay, you know, there's a lot of people in the group that don't even mess with eBay and there's nothing wrong with it. I have 100%. If, if I had a, a different business model, then I 100% would just wipe eBay off the floor. And I did basically for, you know, the first three months of this year, but, when you start getting large volume of products to sell, you have to utilize both platforms because there's different customers and, you know, different marketplaces for different things, but Amazon death piles are out there. So it's like, you know, it's almost like a double-edged sword. You want to grow and grow and grow, but what what really is growth, right? What are we defining as growth? Is it just how much crap you got sitting around that's unlisted or is it actually, you know, is it how many listings you're doing a day or how much money you're making? It really can't be money because it depends on the item, right? Maybe you go out and you find like, you know, like I did that, that Pennsylvania Railroad set and, you know, sell for three fifty, and you only spend a dollar 50. So it's like, that doesn't kind of, you can't go off revenue because that's not, you know, that's why I always say like, for me, my goals are inventory based now, especially with Amazon it's hey i want to have x amount in inventory at all times it's not hey i want to make x amount of dollars it's hey the more you have in there you the more you're going to sell it's going to translate to sales no matter what but to see your growth is your inventory right because that's how much you're finding and sending in that's how much you know you're capable of basically having in stock so i think the growth thing is kind of like a loaded question but um
1: well i think growth I, I think you're right. It is a load of questions. So let's define it. For me, I would define it as milestone markers for your business. Do you want an employee? Do you want a warehouse? Do you want to do you want a large commercial vehicle to pick up your stuff? So I think those are the growth milestone markers is how I would define growth. You may have a different angle of how you would define growth. I agree. I wouldn't do it financially because that's whatever. I would yeah. do it business-wise. That's me.
0: I think financially is like 100% the wrong way to look at growth, but I think like 99.5% of new people starting out look at it that way. Like they think, that, you know, hey, I made more money this month, so my business is growing when in actuality maybe you didn't list anything this month and you just sold that $1,000 item that's been sitting there forever, right? So, um, yeah, it's a good point to bring up. You know, I, I agree. Have, have goals, realistic goals tangible goals that are related to something that you can control you can't control how much money you're going to make off items right because you don't know what you're getting you're going to a thrift store you can't control you know x amount of dollars you can build towards that with your inventory levels so your goal would be hey list more so i can make more
1: Um, and your goals don't have to be big your goals can be as small as hey i need to get a rollo printer or uh i forget what you use the fancier one Dymo. Dymo, you want a, you want a Dymo printer, that could be a goal. It certainly can. or if you want to get, I don't know, a second monitor because that improves your workflow, um, that those are as valid as getting a warehouse. They, any goal, there's no goal that's more important than the other. It, it's your personal goal and what you need to do. what's what's your purpose to achieve your goal and then go out and do that? But figuring out when to do that, yeah, a little bit of financial comes in there, certainly. So you need to figure out, well, can I really afford to do it this month or will that affect the business as a whole? And I think that is a medium, not a new person question, but a more of a been doing it for a little bit type person type of question. Like, well, maybe I can't afford to get this thing instead of going out, I don't know, steak dinners every night with my resale money. So you got to invest back in you.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think another point is when you're new, right, It's you if you can go out and you walk into a thrift store, you know, you just started, maybe you're like one month, two months in and you find, you know, 30 items to resell, maybe it's good that you buy all 30 and just see what you're capable of getting done within that week, right? Because you don't know, you know, what how much you can get done in a week. It's different for everybody. Some people take longer to list, depending on what you're selling, it takes longer to list so you're you're gonna you're gonna learn the hard way, right? So one way or another, you're gonna learn what you're capable of doing, and that kind of brings us into like when when you decide to maintain your business, right? so like what 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 kind of key factors do you think will cut you off where you're at today to maintain where you're at like what what would be comfortable for you to maintain and not continue to to basically look for more?
1: I think the point where I want to get to and maintain for a couple of years would probably be one full-time employee and one part-time employee. Um, the space is debatable. I don't know what that workflow would look like until they were on board, but I would like to maintain one and a half employees, I guess would be the, the thing. Cause that gets me my time back. Right now I have none and I want to invest in people both financially and just as a good natured thing um, to get my time back. There's a couple of people. I mean, I live in a rural area. I've had my eye out on a couple of people that I could probably do them a favor by bringing them on board because jobs ain't great where I'm at. They really am not. So I think that's a very rewarding experience that I'm going to probably embark on in 2023. Um and I'm gonna see where I can go from there. It may it may mean me getting a bigger space because of that, because well, we can't just sit on our hands and do nothing. We we need to have more volume. So the adjustment may be need in this physical space. But again, this is a more higher level point to the smaller to the person just getting into it. I think when when you have when you bought in all your initial short lists, like your Dymo or your Rolo. Maybe that second monitor we talk about your tools. What are the tools you need to do your job better? Before you go off the employee route, before you go off to the warehouse route, before you go off to don't do it Gaylord route, get your essentials bought first is my point.
0: So I'm going to throw this right back at you. So I want I want to hear what what could you maintain this week if you had the profitable inventory. Mm-hmm. How many listings could you do in a day, and how many boxes of media could you get sent to Amazon on a week-to-week basis? And I'll you give me yours, and then I'll kind of give you mine. If you had an unlimited amount of profitable inventory, so like well, I, want I have you the to
1: inventory get, just there, and it's just me and the computer all day long.
0: It's just you. I'm not. I don't want you. I don't want you working. You know, eighteen-hour days, right? I'm going to say. Oh, you
1: want me to keep it realistic for keep, a normal? Okay. Keep it,
0: yeah. 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 So keep it realistic, like. uh just kind of, kind of wean it down from what you do now because you're putting in way more time than that. So, all
1: right, let's just say eight hours. Then eight hours, we'll we'll throw an hour lunch break in there, so nine hours altogether, together, right? Probably six of those eight hours would be eBay, to be honest, and then I put two hours into Amazon, and that includes listing it, packing it, driving down to CVS to drop it off. So realistically, within those eight hours, I could probably do maybe 30, 40 listings on eBay. That includes the photo time, includes cleaning and all that nonsense. Same for the Amazon. There is cleaning involved with Amazon. Um, and then I probably maybe do two to three boxes in that single eight hour d- or nine hour day because we threw a lunch break. We need a break, right? We need to eat. So eating is yeah. important. So in those nine hours, that, that's what I could probably do. But that's me laser focused. No breaks, no dilly-dallying, me knowing what I'm doing, full force, nine hours.
0: I uh, I agree. For me, it would probably be uh, actually probably be half of what you can do on eBay because you, you know, you're just better at eBay than me because you use it more, right? You're listening way more than me. Um, so it would be less for me on the eBay front and more for me on the Amazon front. Um, if I just had profitable books sitting here for Amazon – I could probably in an eight-hour day, I could easily do ten boxes a day. So I mean, you're looking at seventy boxes a week if I just did Amazon alone, eBay. Uh, it it probably be an experimental thing for me if it was just books, not like CDs or other crap I had to look up. Maybe I mean, it really, I don't know. eBay's e- eBay's a lot easier to get sidetracked, right? <laughs> when you start that shipment on Amazon, you're committed until you get those labels at the end. Ebay, I could list two things. Oh, I got a YouTube comment. Let me step away for twenty minutes. It's a it's lot very easier. hard to
1: stay focused. It is, it is. It is
0: because you can just step away and like Amazon. Once you create that shipment, it's almost like all right, I'm gonna get this box done, and then I kind of can get sidetracked. So it's 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 a big difference for me. There's no way I'd be able to list as many as you in a day on eBay. But uh, well, I-
1: you can. Is it takes time, and again, you got you got to throw out all the distractions. I I turn Discord on mute. No offense to our Discord family over there. I I turn off all social media distractions. I put my phone, I put my phone in the drawer. I don't even look at it until I'm done with my listings, honestly. Now, if I have I do have interruptions, just like anybody during the day, maybe I got a dentist appointment that day. Or maybe it's my monthly source call. Th- those are disruptions that I gotta account for because I, I do run a schedule. And if there's a disruption in my schedule, well. That may mean I'm staying up an hour later that night, or maybe I get up an hour earlier to account for those kind of disruptions, or even something as simple as like an emergency. I, I account for emergencies happening, like, I don't know, um, some bill didn't arrive, or, or no, here's a better example, USPS lost my package, it was a $100 package, and I got to call and jerk around with that for an hour, just to find out where it's at, if it's recoverable all kinds of nonsense. So Jessica, what am I trying to say here? What I'm trying to say is there are things that are going to disrupt your day. There are distractions that are going to disrupt your day. Some are controllable, some are not.
0: I think, uh, I think it's one of those things, right? As long as you're doing something constructive and the right way for your business, even if you don't get done as much as you plan to, you know, that's, that's fine. Right. It's when you're wasting time or you're doing things, you know, half half-assed it just it doesn't it, that's when it's bad that's when you know your stuff's not going to sell because you're not listening correctly um when you when, same with amazon right if you're not pricing your stuff when you send it in correctly uh like the one route you could go with amazon is just pricing everything at you know a hundred dollars and letting your repricer do the work like
1: well, your price or grab it right <laughs>
0: that's that, that's what i'm saying so it's like you got don't cut corners even if you can't get say hey you know like I want to get 10 listings done today on eBay, even if I go and I get five done, but they're all done quality listings, that's perfectly okay, right? It's not every day you're going to be able to get everything done. It's not a big deal. It's when you don't do things properly that you kind of run into the trouble. So like the growing versus maintaining, like I would, for me right now, I would, I'm would i happy maintaining at least 3,000 items in Amazon for sale at all times. So that's kind of like a, a mindset you know, kind of where I'm at with my business and everything, doing this full time, 3000 items in Amazon at all time. is That's like kind of where I want to be at right now and maintaining that. Sure. Down the road, you know, maybe I have a, a week where I have a bunch of bulk buys or the library says, Hey, Mike, we got a lot of books in for you. And that's going to fluctuate up and down. But when you just kind of set a point where, you know, that's where you want to be and you'll figure that out, you know, with time, when you first start out, you kind of just want to make sure that you're, you're growing, but you're growing smart. You're actually listing things you're buying. You're taking a time to make sure when you're listing things, it's correct, especially with eBay. Uh, make sure you're taking good photos with Amazon. Make sure you're getting your stuff out. Um, it's super easy. Amazon makes it so much easier than eBay to list. So like the quantity you can have on Amazon versus eBay is just, it's insane, but you want to make sure, you know, with some things right not everybody sells media with Amazon you know you got if you want to sell something else you basically got to get ungated in that category so that's another expense and kind of like you know that's how i look at my business growing on the back end right i get ungated and you know Nintendo Sony uh Microsoft so whenever i come across those games i can sell them so like that's kind of how my business is still growing i guess like i wouldn't say i'm shooting for uh You know, My next inventory goal, when I first started, I would say, hey, I want to have 500 items in inventory. I get there. I want to have 1,000 items in inventory. I would say right now, I don't have a growing inventory number in my mind because I'm comfortable with the 3,000 that I'm at, the money I'm making from it, and maintaining that and kind of getting some of my time back from it.
1: Now, I think I'm going to ask the most important growth question, and we both have done this. I've grown enough. Can I leave my job? Or what's the growing point to leave our jobs? Because I did that and you did that.
0: Uh, you got to to me, honestly, you got to do how to be making this. It's the same amount of money that you were making at your job, right? So for me, I was working 50 hour weeks at CVS. Um, I would drag Deb out, you know, one or two days a week to sell anything I could find on eBay and kind of build up that inventory. Um, and then eBay kind of took a backseat when I started selling media on Amazon. And I built that up to a point. Like, sure, it sucked, right? And I can, I can, I can admit it. It sucked for Deb too, because taking time away from her, going out thrifting, when I'm working fifty hours a week, it just it doesn't make sense. But when I got it to that point where I literally, I literally quit in the middle of my shift, it wasn't even, you know, I gave him zero notice, and I don't feel any type of way about it, right? Um, I had it to a point. Deb was telling me to quit for probably six months before I actually did, she said, listen, you're making, you're making enough money on Amazon and eBay. Like you don't need to deal with this crap, but I'm hard headed and I don't quit things. Right. Like I don't just quit. And uh, one day I got to a point and I quit. And she was like, even to this day, she's like, I can't believe you just left your keys behind and walk out of that place. <laughs> I love it.
1: I love it. Now for me, it was a little bit different. I did. I didn't I put in my notice when I was making what was survivable as far as my bills go, not as far as my paycheck went, because I left. I I had two jobs essentially. I was a partner in one company and then I had another company of my own, but I had enough stock money as well when I left that I had a fairly good package because they buy you out when you leave where I could screw up and not make a single dollar for an entire year. And I'd be able to pay my bills with, that severance so but i waited until i didn't do that i could have just quit and went in this with that money but i waited until i could at least make my bills that's your grocery bills your utility bills your house payment your car payment if you have one of those so i waited until i i have a year to figure this out right um or or not But I I waited until I was making enough money over a three-month average where I could make my bills every month with
0: just the reselling business where I did not need my two other jobs. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.